Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. The Pittsburgh Steelers made a trade. They've now gotten Allen Robinson. We're going to talk about what was in this trade, whether it was good, bad, how it plays out for the Steelers, and how it impacts their draft plans. Also, updates on the Pirates right here on the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're joined today by Ray Fittipato and Jason Mackey. It's going to be a fun show. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports, from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're joined today by Ray Fittipato, one of our Steelers beat writer. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find all our work at post-gazette.com. You can also find this show, the North Shore Drive podcast, on all your favorite podcasting apps and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes as well as our daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, we continue to not have to fabricate segments here and come up with different creative things because the Steelers continue to make moves. The latest, of course, the Steelers have a trade with the Los Angeles Rams. They pick up wide receiver Allen Robinson, and they do so, we found out after a little bit, for next to nothing in compensation. If they swap seventh-round picks, that uh, that that's virtually nothing. They drop 17 spots down in the seventh round. They don't even lose a seventh round pick in this process. And then at the same time, the Rams agreed to only to, to pay 10.25 million dollars of Allen Robinson's salary. He would have been an 18 million dollar hit for the for the Rams this year, which means the Steelers are only on the hook for about five million dollars of Robinson's salary. So essentially, you got a vet a 30 year old veteran depth receiver added to your team you didn't lose a draft pick you dropped down a few spots in the round that nobody cares about and you're paying nothing for him am i missing a downside here ray or was this just a smart move by omar khan no i mean the only downside would be that uh, the injuries remain an issue and i he's coming in for a physical today he might be going through that process now all indications are that he's healed from that offseason uh, excuse me, in-season foot surgery. He had surgery, I think, in late November, mm-hmm. early December. So if that all pans out, the trade is going to be completed. Um, so, But you do worry about, right? So last year it was a stress fracture in the foot. Previous season it was uh, ankle and hamstring injuries. Uh, back in 2017, he blew out his ACL in the season opener. Um, missed uh, every game uh, going forward after that season. So there are some injuries in his history. You just hope that, you know, this latest one is behind him and uh, that he ages more gracefully than he has the last two years. But, Chris, if you're getting um, previous forms of Allen Robinson, you know, not this past year or two, past two years, but if you're getting, say, 2018, 2019 Allen Robinson for $5 million, I'm with you. What is, you know, there, there's nothing to complain about um, certainly not with the salary, and certainly, as you said, not with the compensation. 
and see, here's my thing, right? Is let's let's say he's not, you know, four years ago, Allen Robinson. Let's say he's just getting you like 400 yards and a couple touchdowns. For a for five million dollars as a vet wide receiver, I think that's fine. Like like the Steelers don't need this guy to come in and blow up stats. They just need to come in and be a third, maybe even fourth guy, depending on how Calvin Austin looks looks this year. But uh, to me, you know, I look at his drop rate over the past few seasons. You know, early in his career, he did have a bunch of different drops and things that kind of you know panned out. I think in his first two years, he dropped like a combined like fifteen uh, passes or, or something like that. Um, but since then, he he's been fu- he's been fine. Like he had two drops last year, two drops the year before that, one drop the year before that, three in twenty nineteen. Um, so like again, I I look at this guy and I think at 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 best you had a solid depth guy who's going to be your third man on the field between Pickens and, and Johnson, and that he may become a security blanket where he can make tough catches over the middle for Kenny Pickett or where you know wherever he wherever he works. He's not extremely fast, he's not extremely big, but he can be a solid receiver that gets to know a new team. He's done it three times already in in the NFL. At worst. He's a depth guy that you paid $5 million for and then can get rid of next year. Like, I, I think that this is a very savvy move from Omar Khan, and, and I think it puts the Steelers on a, puts offense in a position to be like, hey, you know what? We we have a lot of different options. If one guy goes down, Robinson can bump up. You can still have up, up Calvin Austin. You still have Gunnar Olszewski and Anthony Miller on the roster. It, it, I, I don't think it necessarily finalizes the receiver room that we're going to look at, look at next year, but it makes it so – you know, I think that they're in a comfortable place with the receivers that they have right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, at this stage of his career, he's going to turn 30 before the season starts. Mm-hmm. If he ends up being a possession-down receiver who can move the chains for you and, like you said, get 500, 600 yards, you know, a couple of TDs, um, that would be more than satisfactory. Then you have some young guys um, who are more traditional slot receivers, and, you know, we don't know where Robinson's going to play. You know, he could play outside too. But, you know, you have Calvin Austin and Anthony Miller, who, you know, guys who can line up and, and fulfill that traditional, um, you know, slot role for you. So they really didn't have that guy last year after Juju Smith-Schuster left. I mean, he was a security blanket for, for Ben in his final years. Um, they didn't really have that guy last year. So to get a guy who could potentially fill that role, um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's a good move for the Steelers low-risk move, and again, if that's what he is, fine. But if he rediscovers who he was and he's completely healthy this year, the upside is even bigger, I think. And, you know, he could even, um, you know, th- this trade could end up, uh, you know, being a fleece when you when, when it's all said and done. It, it really could because, remember, again, the Rams signed him to an $18 million per year-like deal. Right. He, he was getting – he was scheduled to get more OBJ type of money, the money that the that the Ravens paid to get Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and, and that's because when he when he was playing uh, with the Bears, you know, he was still a very good receiver, and, and the Bears just couldn't afford to keep him. And, you know, with the other moves they were making, they were tearing down. That's why they got rid of guys like Roquan Smith. So when he went to the Rams – and, you know, the Rams had their own problems last year. Matt Stafford didn't start off too great. Then he got hurt for the entire season. And then they had to work with Baker Mayfield and Allen Robinson got hurt himself. So, you know, that was there's, – there's a lot of things that you can account for this year. But this is a fresh start with a new team with a young quarterback who's determined to get better. This will be his second year in the same offense, so he'll be developing. Um, and Allen Robinson, I think he's used to playing with some young quarterbacks now because he played with Baker Mayfield last year. He played with Justin Fields in his rookie season. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he's, he's he played – I think he played with Blake Boros when he was coming up. So, uh, you know, this is a guy in Allen Robinson, I think, 
you know, this isn't a game-changing trade right now. I think this is just a, a solid move to get you a depth option where, you know, but it could turn into one if Allen Robinson rediscovers, like you said, what he was able to do for other teams. And if the Steelers passing offense takes a step forward and he's part of that, I think it, it turns out to be a savvy move. And again, they lost nothing to get this trade. So I, I think that both of us can agree that, you know, this is, I think both of us do agree that, uh, you know, this is a, there's nothing but positives to come from this really. Yeah. And isn't it nice to get a veteran in there too, to maybe be yes. the, the guy in that room who can maybe be a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I always use this example and it's like seven, eight years ago now, but I thought it was such a shrewd, shrewd signing then. And, uh, you know, Jericho Cotri, you know, when he came here, just a solid pro, taught young guys how to go about their jobs. And, uh, you know, if Allen Robinson, um, you know, can do that for a year, I know Deontay Johnson isn't young, but he's going to turn 27. Everyone else in that room is really young. Yeah. You know, they're all in that 22 to 24 range, you know, when, when you look at it. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a great move. And I think that's the double bonus of, hey, we're going to get a guy in here. He's going to teach all these young guys how to be pros. Um, uh, you know, he's a veteran who's who's done it at a high level. So I'm with you, Chris. I, I think this is a really good signing. Um, you know, hopefully the, the injuries um, don't come into play again in 2023. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is a good move from Omar Khan getting this done uh, about a week or so before the draft. We'll also talk about how it impacts their draft plans because – uh, receiver was a position we've talked about quite a bit on this show. We'll yeah. talk about how that impacts that and what it might do for other positions that they might have a premium on. But before, before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors, Game Time. Game Time is the app that's going to help you buy tickets faster to the best events that you've always wanted to go to. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You get killer deals on last-minute tickets, and you have their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to hide. The Game Time app, which you can download right to your phone allows you to book tickets up to the last minute even if you didn't plan out far in advance which happens to me all the time you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and much much more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 of the difference snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app or create a create an account and use code P-I-T-T-PIT in all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's that's code P-I-T-T in the game time app, and you'll get uh, you'll get $20 off your first purchase, or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Use the account and create and redeem code PIT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, breaking things down in the Steelers. We'll talk about the Pirates in a minute, but before we do that, Ray, I want to talk to you about what this might do for the Steelers draft plans. Because now, you look at the Steelers receiver room, and you have Deontay Johnson, you have George Pickens, you have Allen Robinson now, you have Calvin Austin, and then we can say we have Olszewski and Miller still on the roster. Um You have six guys that I think that you could go to camp with and say, like, okay, let's see how these guys do. Um, and we know the Steelers, they love to add to their wide receiver room with a lot of their draft p- picks over over the years. Um, but 
is this in a position now where the Steelers maybe pass on wide receiver this year, or do they still add to it? We've talked about guys, you know, I think this might put to bed the idea of getting a Jordan Addison or getting a Zay Flowers and those types of guys. But are there guys maybe in the third and fourth rounds that you're still looking at that, like, "Mm, that guy could still be worth a draft pick? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it takes day one out of consideration, probably day two um, as well. Um, But listen, if, you know, a fourth round pick, one of those two seventh rounders. I mean, why not? If yeah. if you filled your needs um, at 17, 32, 49, and 80, and you your highest player on the board, highest graded player is a receiver at 120, then hey, maybe you do it, right? And maybe a guy like Gunnar Olszewski gets cut or Anthony Miller gets cut and, you know, you would roll with a new guy. Or maybe the new guy's a developmental guy mm-hmm. and he could develop on the practice squad. You know, we've – Listen, you know, Calvin Austin was a fourth-round pick last year. He ended up spending the season on um, injured reserve. So there are ways that they can kind of hide guys if they draft them in the fourth round or after. Um, So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I I would tend to think that they have other needs now that they could address with that pick. You know, after O-line, D-line, and corner, Chris, you got edge you have to address. I could see them doubling down on a corner maybe if there's a – um, if there's a slot corner they, they, they really like, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've had two quarterbacks in, in the seventh round, you know, maybe they take a shot on a quarterback and you know, they had a guy from BYU and another guy from Houston that they had in recently. So there are definitely other needs that they, they could address there, but I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm, I'm thinking more so fourth round or after. No, I feel you on that. But what about this? What if they, they do plan to bring in maybe a tight end into the mix? We talked about this briefly before they signed Zach Gentry, and we kind of pushed this to the back burner. But they brought in Darnell Washington, uh, the, the, the tight end out of Georgia, the big – he's a he's a behemoth. He's just huge. Uh, but he also, he's also freakishly athletic for his size. What if that's the move? What if the move is to maybe bring in a tight end and say, all right, you're going to compete as the second tight end, uh, and if all goes well, it's you and Pat Frymuth, and we have two vertical threats who can end maybe a better blocking tight end as our number two guy there in the mix. What if that's the move to get Kenny Pickett another pass catcher instead of getting a wide receiver because now they've traded for Allen Robinson? Yeah, you, you, you could absolutely do that. And Washington is a guy who's kind of like a, a fringe first rounder, probably more so in that second round range. Mm-hmm. So the question would be, do you have to grab him at 32 or do you think he would last until 49? I know a lot of people think he might go off the board like high 30s, low 40s. So you, you would be rolling the dice there if you thought you can get him at 49. Um, the other part of that equation is, Chris, is, yeah, I mean, he he's a plus blocker right now. I think he'll flourish in that role eventually in the NFL. I don't think the transition there is going to matter too much to him. He's a big dude. He can move people. Uh, The question is, how does his athleticism uh, translate into production in the NFL? Because he really wasn't asked to do a whole lot as a pass catcher in that Georgia offense. So there is a little bit of a projection there with his pass catching abilities. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you bet on the athlete. Um, I, I guess for me, because he hasn't done it before, I would be a little bit more comfortable with him at 49 than, say, 32. But, hey, they're going to have their grades on guys, and if, if they love him, I wouldn't rule him out at 32 either. 
I feel you on that. Let's talk about the other priorities because, again, if wide receivers out the equation, maybe other positions jump up. We've talked a lot about offensive tackle. They brought in Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright this this week. Uh, That's uh, I think those are two of the top guys out there. Um, Where where do you see the likelihood as far as getting one of those guys or a Paris Johnson Jr. at this point with the Steelers? There's been talks about them maybe trading up uh, and doing something like that. Uh, what do you think is the likelihood of getting one of those guys, whether they trade up or they stay put? Yeah, I mean, I've been on a bunch of these draft calls here in the last couple of days, Chris, uh, with some of the national guys who do this. And it's pretty much consensus that after Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Pete Skaronsky, and Darnell Wright, that there's a there's a drop-off until that second tier mm-hmm. tackles. So um, there are rumors of the Steelers moving up. Maybe they can stand pat and get one of those guys, but there are rumors that um, if they want to get a tackle, they might have to move up a couple of spots, um, you know, to get one. So, um, you know, that's going to be an interesting topic. I think that a lot of people will be discussing um, later this week and early next week. Um, And after that, listen, if they want to stand pat and they can't get one of those tackles, you have a need a corner, you have a need a defensive line. It's not like they don't have a a bunch of other – uh, positions on this team that they could address. Um, and then maybe you sit back and, hey, maybe, maybe you stick with Dan Moore. Maybe you draft one of those highly touted interior guys, Steve Avila, uh, Osiris Torrance, John Michael Schmitz at 32 or 49. You know, a, a lot of those guys, um, you know, guards and centers just aren't um, – a lot of times they're, they're not going to go in the first round. Or if they are, um, there's maybe one or two. So maybe you can get a guy like that in the second round and you, you know, you, you live with Dan Moore and Chooksakor for, for another year. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, the, the thing you do worry about though, is a run on tackles, right? You yeah. Know, yeah. It starts at nine and then you, you start worrying about it. The Jets need a tackle. Patriots need a tackle. You know, I, I've seen the commanders draft a tackle too. in, in some mm-hmm. of these mock drafts. So that, that's the only thing you got to worry about. But right now I would think, I'm leaning towards them taking a tackle at 17. I just don't know if those top four guys will, will still be on the board. We'll see if they are. We have a le- we have a little over a week. It's Wednesday. The draft starts next Thursday. So we have a lot to talk about here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Ray, thanks so much for all your coverage. Get all this coverage at postdaskgazette.com as well as all of our Steelers team that covers them. We're going to switch to baseball. Jason Mackey is out in Colorado as the, as the Pirates take on the Rockies. We'll talk about what's happening there uh, and everything that's going on. Stick with us right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll be right back. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter now with Jason Mackey 
our Pirates Beat report here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all the content. The Pirates keep winning. They've won three of their last four, including the last two in Colorado, winning 14-3 to on Monday and then 5-3 to Tuesday Tuesday night. And, and Jason, this was, you know, an impressive, I think, turnaround. Uh, Velasquez gave up three runs in the first, and you're like, okay, maybe maybe the, maybe the magic stops here. But then Swinski hits a, a, a solo shot uh, in the second and in the fourth the fourth inning they go they go crazy Santana gets him on the board and then Sawinski gets another home run to bring him in uh and then they got they got a runner home on a wild pitch uh and then they held on the bullpen once again comes in Bednar gets his fifth save of the season uh and now your Pirates are sitting at 11-7 officially in third place in the NL Central but still right in the mix and with another game to go Jason, walk us through what was the clubhouse like, you know, after this win? Do they keep showing these good vibes that you've been seeing? Yeah, so in St. Louis, they were bumping the music, man. It was so loud. Like, you could feel it vibrating (laughs) in the hallway. It wasn't quite that way in Denver. But, I mean, I've been telling anybody who will listen, this clubhouse is such a fun place of, like, a great mix of young players, old players, just good people. I shouldn't say old players, veteran players. Um, I'm celebratory, fun business-like you know what struck stuck out to me Chris obviously I've been around covering this team through the bad times a lot of times the clubhouse would just be a ghost town when the media was in there like guys were doing their own thing they weren't necessarily hanging out together at least not in that space like what I saw there um, you had guys like playing board games at tables you had guys sitting at tables Hmm. eating you had guys sitting on the couches just kind of like relaxing together like spending a lot of time together that I have not seen out of these younger teams and I don't know whether it's just hey, things are going well, and we naturally want to do this, or the veterans are like, hey, don't go running high. Don't go, you know, go do your own thing, be on your own script. Like, we're a team. And that that's one of my takeaways from this group. Like, it's just so fun. There's so much positivity. There's so much confidence. All of the stuff that didn't exist in Pirates teams prior, we're seeing it now. So, yes, it was celebratory, but you could actually, like, hear, hear yourself talk after this one. Jason, what is Jason? Excuse me. What is Jack Sawinski doing so well right now? He leads the team in OPS. He leads the team in slugging percentage. He had two more home runs in this game, so now he has the second most on the team behind Brian Reynolds. What is Jack Sawinski getting right? Yeah, you don't want me to tell you what I'm doing well. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be a short conversation if we have to fill a podcast. That's not gonna. That's not gonna get it done. No, uh, Sawinski is an interesting cat to me, man. Like his struggles early on were not for lack of effort. Um, Jack Sawinski is like in constant motion, working with Andy Haynes, working with the strength staff, working with outfield coaches. Like he puts a ton into this. He's really smart. He's really intentional about all kinds of stuff. So what's giving him success? A couple things. Um, Swinging at better pitches for one and then driving the ones that he does get. I thought his first home run was really telling. Um, He's been working with hitting coach Andy Haynes. They call it staying through the ball. But basically you get a pitch and that was a strike. Low and outside, tough pitch to handle. What does he do? He stays through the ball, drives it the opposite way. He has a ton of power. It's a matter of applying that power with swinging at the right pitches and then like getting his barrel on the ball, quite literally, and did that. The second home run, I mean, that's a gimme. That's a terrible pitch. Like you and I could have driven that a long way, not as far as Sawinski, clearly, but like way more <laughs> fastball. He's going to obliterate that and did. Um, I, but, you know, why I say he's interesting to me is like they went into spring training thinking Jack was going to be an everyday player. And he didn't. He put too much pressure on himself at the plate uh, to put too much pressure on himself in the field and was very bad in spring training, honestly. And we're starting to see him relax a little bit, get a little bit more comfortable um, and just let his ability take over. That's what I'm seeing. And I really like it. 
I like it too. I mean, he certainly looks very comfortable at the plate. Um, and, and you know, again, you 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 called it. These this Pirates team guys are stepping up. It's not just Brian Reynolds. It's not just Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana coming in. They've been able to get guys. And again, without O'Neill Cruz, who's who's still he's still recovering from his injury and will be for most of the season. Um, but let's look forward a little bit here while while we have a chance. They play the they finish the Rockies uh, the, the series with the Rockies. This afternoon, three ten Eastern time, uh, where where they're facing off. Uh, Jason, you talked about how the start of this series was was the was the one to worry about as far as matchup wise. Now at this point, do you feel really good about their chances finishing us off with a with a series sweep? Uh, would be their second sweep of the season after they got the Red Sox earlier in April. Yeah, don't talk. Don't don't listen to me. I'm I'm worried about Kyle <laughs> Freeland. The Pirates handled him. I'm worried about Rich Hill, fly ball pitcher of course field through great. So what do I know? No, but uh, I really like this matchup today with Johan Oviedo. He has pitched so well, Chris. He really had talk about like good kids that are easy to get behind that, you know, not only try really hard, but just put a ton into what they're doing and have gotten better and just like, you know, come by it honestly. Where he's gotten with his slider, like that is truly an elite pitch. It might be the best pitch on the entire Pirates pitching staff. I like it a lot. And He's really getting on a good game plan with whether it's Jason DeLay or Austin Hedges, um, pitching with a ton of confidence, attacking the strike zone. We saw last year with Oviedo, if he throws strikes and goes after hitters, his stuff is so good. It's just a matter of kind of trusting that. He's been a little bit wild in the past, but if he's around the zone, I like it a lot. And just to your other point with guys stepping up, I mean, shoot, we saw it last night. Jiwon Bay did not have a good game last night, whatever. Tucapito Marcano with a terrific slide, triples. Um, Connor Joe's been really good. Colin Holderman was down last night. They're trying to, I think, preserve him. I want to investigate a little bit more whether he's dealing with an injury, but like Robert Stevenson steps up, does a great job. So just contributions from all places. And when, when guys aren't producing, somebody else is. Again, that, that's that's I think that's the thing that's been really huge for the Pirates has been those contributions coming from multiple directions. They have multiple ways to win. After that series finished, you you got a quick trip back home from from Colorado because the Pirates take on the Reds in a four games four, four game home series there before they switch to playing the Do- the Dodgers the, the week after that. But the Reds are one of the two teams that have beaten them in a series. Of course, the Astros uh, they have a losing record, but they're the reigning World Champs. They carry some pedigree. The Reds though. They're, st- they're, they're behind the Pirates in the NL Central standings right now. What is your expectations for their chances to be able to flip this around and reclaim the second series against one of the division rivals? Yeah, you know, we went into the season, Chris, not thinking terribly highly of the Reds, and I'm starting to change my opinion on them. Mm. I really like their top pitchers. Um, you know, I'm looking at the pitching matchups. They have Graham Ashcraft on Friday. He really handled them in Cincinnati, and Hunter Green goes Sunday. Uh, they're good. They're good. Um, okay. I'm going to you know, finalize when the season's done. I think the NL Central is probably better than anybody might have expected early on. But, you know, I, I think a couple things with this series. Um, I like what the offense has done. I still think they can keep going. They can get more. Um, you know, Brian Reynolds has kind of cooled down a little bit. What if he heats up? You know, Jack Sawinski, we are talking about him earlier, has been really good. Well, he feasts at PNC Park. So probably a good time for him to come back. Um, you know, but I guess I come down to this, Chris, if, if you're going to talk about Reds, really good pitching, um, and they have it, the Pirates pitching, starting pitching has been absolutely outstanding. So mm. if they continue to get the type of performances they're getting eight consecutive quality starts, by the way, I have a really good feeling about how they come back and handle the head, handle the Reds. And also like, it would be a shame to go on this road trip, which has been a fantastic road trip. Today's outcome, 
it doesn't even matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Like there's, there's still have a lot to be proud of. You want to continue that momentum going back to PNC Park. I hear that momentum would be huge for the Pirates to maintain when we, we look at how things have uh, played out. Jason's going to have you covered all season long. Also, Pirates right now, second most saves in Major League Baseball with eight right now, just behind the Toronto Blue Jays at nine as, as it stands. Also, as you said, quality starts. They've got 10. That's tied for the most in, in, in Major League Baseball with the Dodgers at number one. So pitching, doing some work here. For, for the Pirates. We'll see if it continues to do some work again. They take on the Rockies 3-10 Eastern time. Uh, Jason, that'll be a little bit earlier for you as you're out there out there in the in the, in the the Rockies. But you can get all the coverage at post-gazette.com where Jason's doing a great job, as well as our Steelers team and every, and all of our sports reporters here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks again to Ray Fittipato for joining the show. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Check this show out, the North Shore Drive podcast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right here on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this channel and get all of our daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll be back Friday checking out as the Steelers get ready for the final week before the NFL draft. We're just eight days away. And then, of course, we'll be updating with Jason to see how the Pirates are doing as they're getting ready after their first game back home facing the Reds. See you then right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.